Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Actually, I'm not going to lie, Josh Brown. I was going to think of some sort of proper intro for this, but we still don't know what this is. This is just something nah. that we do on a Monday, um, which, you know, we'll just call it the, the Monday meeting. The Monday. I like that. The Monday meeting, yeah. free-forming with Scott and Josh. You know what I mean? It's yeah. good freestyle. Keep it loosey-goosey. You know, we made, we made structures in Fortnite, and we're going we're gonna to make banter here. I've not played Fortnite in about four, four, years, <laughs> four years. So I, just, I couldn't think of a metaphor for building stuff, not to worry. Um, we thought that we would dive into, I should also say my name's Scott Taylor for joined by Josh Brown. I did see your name. Carry on. Um, the thing that we're going to talk about is the rumoured Microsoft conference coming in March, um, because that is when the deal finally goes through for Bethesda. Um, they you know, obviously bought Bethesda uh, the last year, a big old seismic thing. Um, and we've been waiting for a while to sort of see what they're going to do going forward. They've dodged the question of whether or not Bethesda's title are going to be exclusive going forward um yep. and i well we pretty much think they will be but we just thought we'd break down what if it goes ahead what do we want to see at this conference how do we think it's going to go um and your first uh, point of conversation was starfield coming in 2021 but or at least being a 2021 xbox exclusive Madness, yes 100 i do have some um well a little bit of rumor mill goings ons to back this up because okay. going off this idea that there's going to be this um you know thing in march which came by way of jeff grubb on the games beat decide podcast he mm. was saying essentially that like you said you know the deal's going to go down in march so they're going to do something immediately after to tell everyone what they're doing with bethesda mm. this was a thread on reset era where a known insider called nate drake said that they're not 100 on this but as of a few months ago, apparently, as far as they're aware and their sources have informed them, the plan is for Starfield to get a 2021 release date. And I feel like if that is to happen, which mm. I think is realistic, because even though we haven't seen anything from Starfield in a long while, Bethesda announced and released Fallout 4 in the space of like six months, you know what I mean? So they're yeah. not um, averse to quick turnarounds once they get the ball rolling. And um, I feel like a big win for Microsoft will be coming out and saying, look, we've bought Bethesda. This is why it's because Starfield, the next big game from them <laughs> is going to be exclusive. It's coming out this year. Get your pre-orders in, get your Xbox One X's bought. Don't, like the thing Series is like, obviously it makes so much more, it makes so much sense as soon as they were bought. That was the initial thing was that, oh my God, everything's going to get locked down. Doom, Fallout, Elder Scrolls, 
dishonored everything. And I think that that makes the most business sense because assumedly the only person that would push back against it not being multi-platform is Bethesda themselves. Um, you know, because obviously they would, like, assumedly they would want their work to be seen by as many people as possible. But if Microsoft are already footing the bill, then they, I mean, they, they'll just go, well, Game Pass makes X number of amount of money and it's a massive driver for Game Pass. So I could see this happening. I just think that like, that would be crazy. Like the first Bethesda IP in like 20 years and it's Xbox yeah. exclusive. Well, that's, that's exactly it, because, I mean, a lot of people are thinking maybe Elder Scrolls, maybe Fallout will stay in multi-platform just because mm. they have a history of it. And it would kind of potentially be bad PR if Microsoft was suddenly like, well, these are mine. Like, that mm. might be more off-limits than this new IP, because, you know, this new IP has no allegiances with anyone. So Microsoft <laughs> can come in before it's been bought and go, look, this is, like I said, this is why we've invested. This is ours now. This is the brand new IP. This is a franchise going forward. Mm-hmm. And you can get it day one on Game Pass if you want to pony up for that subscription with a lot of all these other games. Do you have faith in Bethesda overall as an entity? I still do, man. Like a lot of people didn't like Fallout 4, and I know you're not entirely hot in it, but I really enjoyed I really bought it to 4. play it again, and then I just yeah. sat and looked at it on my shelf. I just couldn't. I, I, I paid <laughs> the money, and then I just I just sat down and went, "No, this was a whole thing," and then I just didn't. I couldn't do it. But I've got it sitting there. It's behind yeah. me. I've not been back to it in a long time, to be fair. But at the time, I really enjoyed it. Yes, I could understand that it was no fallout new vegas it was no big <laughs> jump forward that i expected from three to four but still i thought it was very solid and you know maybe a bit of a road bump in bethesda's history but it's only really fallout 76 that i think was like a big big stinker so yeah and that happened yep exactly you know what i mean but developers have come back from much worse than that to prove that they have you know really still got what it takes and i still believe in bethesda if 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 elder scrolls 6 or starfield is a stinker then i'll start to worry (laughs) but they are a company decades you know with decades of history with decades Mm. of great games under their belt so with all of that in mind i still have a lot of faith that they can pull something out of the bag with a really good ip I was going to say, do you think that they play that card in the March conference? That they don't just say, they don't just show Starfield footage game because all we've got is that trailer with the satellite floating around and then the logo and that's about it. Like we know that yeah. they've sort of been playing other, there's other sketches out there of different ships that are apparently going to be in it, but we haven't seen anything else like officially or not very much anyway. And um, do you think they play that card in March? Like, hey, by the way, the deal's gone through and this is what yeah. you need to expect and start getting hyped for Bethesda uh, being, a, being associated more with uh, Xbox? I think so, because, I mean, Microsoft are going to have a lot of um, their own plans, you know, about what games they want to make and what games they want to prioritize. Uh, But the thing is, they haven't really been able to act on them right now because it's actually against the law to kind of, like, come out and, like, announce their intentions before the deal has officially gone through. So they can't really start to kick all of that stuff off until March. But something like Starfield obviously has been in development long before this deal was in place. So that's going to be far along in development. So that's Mm. presumably, if it is coming out in 2021, they're going to have a big chunk of it to show off. And they're going to have like almost a finished project there to be able to immediately slap their name behind. So I think it makes, it's almost like a no brainer project for them to get the ball running with. So they can come out with this and then say, also we have intentions to do X, Y, and Z, and we can just start you know, on those right now because this deal has finally gone through. So here's where we're starting. Here's what we've got in mind. Let's go. It's so, I mean, I just, I didn't know. They, they, their whole thing for so long was like, hey, everything's for everybody, man. Don't worry about it. Just <laughs> whatever you want. You want to get a phone and like a clip and clip it to a controller? Man, we got you, fam. Don't worry about it. And like, that's the kind of thing where I'm like, they would be going so against that if they were like, oh, actually, we're going to lock this down and these walls go up all around. It's like, you know, sort of um, uh, like shutters coming down on the windows and like, we're going to lock down all these different franchises. 
Um, and I don't know, like, I um, I think it makes complete business sense. I think that they also have a massive lack of exclusives. That's one of the things that I wanted to get on, uh, get onto is that when you actually start like searching, like literally Googling, like, you know, Xbox series exclusives for 2021, there is so little there. Um, and also they don't really seem to be making any bone. They don't really seem to care about it either. Cause they're just like, well, yeah. game pass is absolutely flying and it is. Um, and it's brilliant value for money. I don't know if you get all the notifications on your phone when stuff arrives to there, but I've got all them turned on. So it's I like, don't, but I should put that. Put every that other day. It's like, hey, it. Yeah. It's like, Hey, by the way, this thing's coming, this thing's going, you should play this. Cause it, it's going to be leaving next week. And like, you know, it sort of gets me, uh, it gets me to at least download stuff. I never get around to it, but I've got the Falcon here sitting there. I've got it. It's, it's ready. <laughs> you got Fallout 4 on the shelf. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the elf on the shelf and uh, I need to get around to those things, but I, I like the, I like the idea of the ecosystem that they have. And obviously it's been, it's been, you know, paying dividends. It does blow my mind that it seems, it seems to kind of like supersede all other exclusive unit sales. Like Sony are like, no, we need these big projects like horizon and Gran Turismo and uh, God of War and everything. And then Microsoft is like, now nah, we got a monthly sub and that's it. Um, but in terms of um, exclusives to 2021, um, we can talk about Halo Infinite. We can talk about any of these, but the things that I picked out, because there's so little for 2021, is Halo Infinite, if it does come this year, it's meant to, uh, Bright Memory Infinite, which is the thing that they initially <laughs> yeah. showed off, that one-man tech demo thing, which looked incredible, um, but it was also very glitzy and, it, I don't know, whatever. I guess the, the legs on that will be, uh, remain to be seen. Um, there is Psychonauts 2 um, from Double Fine, which has been in development for four years or five years. Long time, yeah. And Crossfire. Fire X, which is Remedy's <laughs> first-person shooter game, which Dude. feels like they lost Dude. a bet. I'm here for Crossfire X, man. No, it's you're like not. The Stop it. Thing Stop ever. this I, right, right now. Let's, let's go back in time a little bit. Let me jump <laughs> in my little portable time machine and go back a few years ago when everyone was saying this little game called Control looked, looked no good or looked pretty bog standard, has a bad name. Everyone, you no, go back and look didn't. at the previews, everyone's like, what's this? Is this going to be any good? And then it absolutely smashed. So if everybody want to make this weird multiplayer first-person shooter thing, yeah. I have faith in them, man, because they, like I say, they, they hit more than they missed that company and it seems like a weird choice, but maybe mm. it's just so much of a weird choice that it might actually work in the end. The thing you know with, because uh, I'm, I'm with you, like, I love Remedy so much. Like, obviously I was brought up on Max Payne. The only, the only time they misfired was Quantum Break and that was only because it was tied to mm -hmm. becoming a TV show. Um, but otherwise they're, you know, they're four for four or whatever. Um, and like, yeah, like obviously totally recommend Control and everything. Crossfire though, like everything that they put out about it, I couldn't believe that was a Remedy game. Like it looks like yeah. the most generic military shooter in quite some time. Um, and I'm sure Remedy just did a deal with Tencent, didn't they? Didn't they get a whole bunch of money from Tencent? Oh, they might have had like I'm a little sure it was minor them. stick or something. Uh, I, mean, I know yeah, they I were talking. Well, Sorry, go on. No, no, I was, was going to say, I know um, like they just announced that they had like their best year ever, despite mm. releasing no games. Like they were just, they yeah. made a lot of deals. They've got a lot of things in place. They've got a lot of revenue from their older games. And it feels like they're in a really strong position like right now in terms of- So I did add a little, a cheeky little Google and uh, yeah, Tencent are publishing uh, Crossfire X. Um, right. It's been, apparently there's already a Crossfire audience in China and it's kind of being made for them. Um, so that's the thing where I'm like, oh, this is like the Call of Duty version that got released in China where it's like stripped back and it's like online only and you like the progression systems are different and stuff like that. Um, I don't think there'll be much remedy in this. It kind of feels like when uh. Raven got hoovered up by Activision, then it's just like, go make a Call of Duty. And like, there's not any singularity in Call of Duty anymore. <laughs> True. Yeah, you're right. I hope now. I hope that's not the case. I hope they still get to do something original that they can put their distinct personality on. Because I mean, like the remedy personality, the remedy charisma that comes through mm. in their games is such a defining part. Like Control 
what it wants to be is weird as hell. It's got like yeah. live action music videos in there that are just absolutely ridiculous. Like it's it's awesome. Moment of the it's year. Fun. It, honestly, yeah, I would definitely put that up there. And I hope Crossfire X, you know, gets some of that personality through, gets some of that weirdness through in that, you know. I will bet you right now, I don't have anything to my name. I've got a biscuit nearby. (laughs) I'll bet you this biscuit that um, it is the most generic thing on the planet. I I will give you a Kit Kat that says maybe, but also it'll be good. (laughs) It'll be very solid. It'll be great and we'll play. Oh, I'll tell you what it could be like. What's that VR thing that you really like? The fire fire team, hawk, man? Yes, fire... Firewall Zero Hour? Is that what yeah. it's called? Firewall that, Zero yeah. Hour? That's what it gives me. I get those kind of vibes, which like that look like generic as hell from the outset, but then it is actually pretty good. Uh, maybe something like that. Let's talk about Halo Infinite though, because I feel yeah. like, I mean, I play uh, Master Chief Collection every couple of nights. It's become like one of my like go-to in rotation casual titles. Um, and where, where are you at on Halo in general? Because it feels like Halo Infinite is just... I don't know. I don't know if it's because I've been watching too many Kroby Cat videos. There's a really good one that compares like 343 with Bungie and just the mentality that goes into Halo. Um, whether I just I just don't trust them to get it right, even though I kind of mm-hmm. want them to. And I'm kind of I'm playing the old school ones and playing back through some of the campaigns. And I'm like, oh my God, this was like lightning in a bottle with the right, you know, like the, the the team that were working on it. Obviously, Joseph Staten's come back and he's working on Infinite now, but there's no way that they're gonna overhaul it to the degree where Staten could have any really meaning, any meaningful, you know, impact on the story or Maybe there will be, I but know. I don't doubt it. Maybe. It's just because they've delayed it so long. If this mm. was just like a couple month delay and they weren't really changing much, but it feels like they're really trying to go in there and like change the bones of it. They released um, a big breakdown at the start of the year where essentially they were laying out exactly what they'd gone in and changed and what their plans were and stuff. And all <laughs> of that on paper sounded really promising. It sounded like they were really taking the feedback on board, really trying to make this thing as good as it can be. And that's what makes me kind of cautiously optimistic about it because I couldn't have cared less when they announced (laughs) it last year. Well, not announced it last year. shut off the gameplay trailer Mm -hmm. last year. I was like, this just looks generic as hell. It looks like Halo by the numbers. And hopefully by the time we get it at the end of this year or whatever, Mm -hmm. it has a bit more to it. It has a bit more of that, like, even though obviously it's not Bungie, it has a bit of that Bungie magic to it that made the original trilogy then into Reach, like, so so good so I'm, I'm i'm here for it i'm not going to just mindlessly buy it like like because the past few games haven't really resonated with me as much as i wanted to you will but um, i want it to be the game that i buy an xbox series x for you know what i mean if there's one right. big exclusive that absolutely knocks it out of the park if it's that that's awesome if i buy a xbox to play halo this year i'll be over the moon man that's exactly <laughs> what i want i want games to be good and i want a reason to be like i need that machine i need that machine what, to play this game I bloody love video games to be good. It's been it's been a while. <laughs> just looking at a lot of high-profile cyberpunk Avengers sort of just falling to the side. And yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing with 2021 is that uh, people like Jason Schreier getting out there and being like, look, you think that, you know, the delays that we got towards the end of 2020 are a thing, like you ain't seen nothing yet. Um, and so like, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a, a pretty, well, I hope that this the, the showcase next month can prove me wrong, but it feels like the year is already kind of really spaced out. Like there's Returnal yeah. on PS5. And as far as Xbox is concerned, there's very, like I said, there's very little bright memory, infinite psychonauts too, um, to sort of show. But I mean, it, yeah, in terms of Halo, like they had the, the Master Chief, uh, his helmet inside every Xbox Series X. It's like, it, it felt like it was meant to be this like shipped alongside the console type thing. Um, and I just wonder if it's going to be the case where we get to the end of the year and it's like, you can pretty much write off most of 2021. This is when the series systems, like the momentum starts here kind of thing. Because yeah. you're definitely waiting until something as big as that comes along. 
Yeah, I mean, I would love to just buy it just to, you know, indulge in the Fun consumerism side of my brain to get some kind of dopamine rush, but I need some kind of justification for it, especially because they're still hard to get, man. Like, yeah. even in the UK, I'm sure it's the same abroad. Like, it's, it's just difficult to find one. Mm-hmm. And at this moment in time, it, the games aren't there to justify the time required to have to put my hope in these retailers and hope I get one through, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. hopefully there will be games that come out this year that what like just encourage me to go out and get one because i'm i'm fine playing backwards compatible stuff i'm fine playing all the games well, I want, sonic I want adventure mate let me let me you tell know? you sonic adventure oh, hdr coming in <laughs> 2021's hottest game uh, i'm not sure about that hottest because it's on fire perhaps, it is literally on fire. It's, because it's... it is terrible mate like oh my god <laughs> 20, 20, I'm just, I did, there's nothing to do with the podcast. 20 years worth of people who told me that Sonic Adventure was this brilliant thing. I should get a Dreamcast to play Sonic Adventure because I'm a huge Sonic fan. Sonic in 3D was literally the worst thing Sega's ever done. That's just, Sonic right. Adventure is abysmal. Carry on. <laughs> I can't follow that up. I, that's what I've got. Like, I've had just mad, mad text from you about how you're buying these Sonic games and then you come back with like this just, I don't know, but I was writing about breakdown. It. Yeah, I was writing about it the other day and I was just like, I never actually played Sonic Adventure. I never actually played Sonic Unleashed. I, I like most people, went 3D Sonic, what? And then ran, ran for the hills <laughs> and didn't come back until Sonic Mania. Um, and I thought, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill this gap. I'm going to plug this gap in my knowledge. And I bought Sonic Unleashed and Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. And they're not good. Not not at all, though. See, the cutscene for Unleashed is good and that's about it. I was always a Shadow the Hedgehog guy, man. So I played his <laughs> spin-off. And that's about as far as I got. I played Sonic 06. And that's oh, about as far as I got with 3D Sonic. Mostly. It was a hell of a thing. But uh, yes, to get to bring things back again, in terms of them selling backwards compatibility as a reason to invest in the system, obviously they put that thing out the other day about the um, FPS boost on certain titles, um, which is only on about like six or seven games. It's like Watch Dogs 2, Sniper Elite 4. Um, there's a few more, but not that many yet. It's not across the board, even though the existing tech in the Series X does up stuff anyway. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that like having gone complete banana sandwich and bought the LG CX TV, like, I do yeah. feel like it does make those games like sing in a way that they definitely didn't beforehand. Not to say you should ever spend that much money playing a version of SSX3 that's a bit faster in 2021. <laughs> but um, I do think that's a decent selling point, but I think it should be alongside other stuff. Um, but yeah. I guess like for your point, like to your point of view, like in terms of the things that they can advertise across this year, like is there anything that they can do in regards to like backwards compatible old catalog type stuff? Or is are you just like waiting for the new thing? Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. 
For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Yeah, just waiting for the new thing, like the backwards compatible stuff will be an added bonus, but even though it is going to be obviously better than what I can get on the PlayStation Now, mm. like I don't mind playing things on PlayStation Now or buying the few classics that there are on um, the PlayStation storefront, you know mm. what I mean? Like it's not going to make me want to spend £500 or £400 or whatever it is on an Xbox just to have them be marginally a little bit better. <laughs> like That's going to be cool when I have it, but it's not much enough of a justification mm. um, right now. So it doesn't even need to be much, man. Like I bought the Xbox One X for Rise of the Tomb Raider, which in hindsight is <laughs> madness, but that's like the kind of ballpark I'm in. I just, need, I just need something. I need a taste of something to get me in that's kind of like big and showy enough mm. to um, reflect the capabilities of the console. I'll tell you what I'm, I'm curious about as well is that because Game Pass has taken off so much and because they have obviously Xbox Live Gold and Ultimate and all these different subscription models and, you know, Phil Spencer's out there saying, well, last year was saying like, we need to get away from the console war stuff because, you know, and initially last year he was like, oh, our main competitors are Google and Amazon, which has obviously hilariously gone south because Stadia is yeah. no more. Um, do you think that they even care about doing like big showcases and big exclusives and stuff like that? Are they mostly content to just sort of sit back and let like, you know, Sony versus Nintendo in regards to like exclusives and what their brand looks like through an exclusive lens? Because they could just sit back and just hoover up all the mainstream cash. Like it's not like we're, I don't know, sort of um, having passionate debates about Netflix versus Amazon based on Netflix originals versus prime originals. Something yeah, like that. I, I think I think it's more a holding pattern than anything mm. else at the moment because the fact that they have bought all of these studios and they've built studios from the ground up to me shows that they want to be able to compete right. in the exclusive realm. Like you wouldn't spend all that money. You wouldn't spend $7 billion on Bethesda if you didn't care about exclusives, if you didn't care about Ooh. going toe-to-toe with someone. Obviously, there are extra factors, but yeah. that has to be a reason. You know, Otherwise, why bother? You can just make, uh, you can make a lot of money just being a service, just you know, charging for yeah. other people to put their games on your platform. You don't need to spend that money and cultivate the talent and build studios from the ground up if you're not going to want unique IPs and these big explosives and these big events where you can show off what it means to be part of the Xbox family or whatever. <laughs> you know, I just feel like they haven't got enough to show for it yet because they've spent the True. past few years making these acquisitions and building the studios, and they're not quite at the point where they have. Um, you know the the ideas generated to 
actually be tangible products that they could sell and show mm-hmm. people. You know when you play like an RTS and you sort of sit there and let all your units build up for like ages and ages and then you just yeah. sort of swarm the field in one big go. I kind of feel like that's what they're doing, just sort of sitting on this many different, um, what will eventually become momentum, but so many different IPs and ideas and stuff. It's weird because the other thing, thing, the other thing for the way that they seem to be going, it reminds me, or it makes me think of, I have a whole theory on, you know, when we get to like streaming catalogs and monthly subscriptions and the way that that's going to go. And are they just locking stuff down just for the sake of locking it down? Um, yeah. Because if PlayStation now, takes off then they literally they cannot get bethesda because microsoft got there first and we were kind of assuming that this was going to lead to a whole bunch of different acquisitions and stuff um and microsoft apparently have been also targeting other studios that they're looking to sort of snap up um and i guess i see that side of it too where if it's just if we're on the cusp of you know streaming service a versus streaming service b both in the gaming realm they just want to lock down as many ips as possible um so there is that kind of thing um you next thing down you had the doom complete edition with a next gen upgrade as something they will hopefully show off yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, in terms of Bethesda and things that they will have ready, you know, Doom mm. Eternal obviously came out um, March last year, almost a year ago today. The first DLC is out. The second DLC is coming out. And yes. I think it makes sense for Microsoft to be like, it, I doubt it'll be exclusive, but they could be, they could push it as the best place to play Doom Eternal. Next gen mm. is on the Xbox Series X. They could show off all the improvements that they've done under the hood, all the graphical and technical and frame rate and resolution, all that stuff, all of those improvements. And they'd be like, here's the complete edition. You can still get a free upgrade if you want, but he's the next gen version with the two DLC packs in there. Uh, go nuts. I feel like that would be another almost finished product that they can just slap their name on and be like, yep, here's how we're getting the ball rolling, you know? Yeah, they can get totally up on the like best on Xbox type stuff as well. That's the thing that I think is their like secret winning formula thing because as a complete insane human who has the PS5 and the Xbox (laughs) Series X next to each other, whenever I'm going to go buy any third person thing, uh, third um, third party thing, I always think, well, it is is better on Xbox because I know about all the AI upgrade stuff, all the like auto frame, the frame rate's going to be better. Like, and it feels like most of the time when you sort of search like, like, you know, a game that's available on both platforms, most of the time, Digital Foundry or whatever, are always saying it's better on Series X. Like even Cyberpunk, for as much as that was falling apart, um, yeah. didn't have any crashes on Series X or at least had very uh, much fewer. So I kind of wonder how much they run with that. And if they sort of roll that into the, the IPs that they're talking about more, like they can, they, they can just show, like, hey, Doom's available multi-platform, but it's by far the best version on Series X, which is what they've sort of tried to do. And it's kind of like they're just sort of letting people discover that themselves. Um, the whole thing about backwards compatible titles, like... Obviously, it's auto HDR and everything, but if you play the original Splinter Cell, it just looks so much better. The lighting's so much better. Yeah. I feel like they barely got out there and, and championed that in a way that they sort of should. Like, hey, by the way, if you're thinking between two different systems, you're definitely getting the best one on this system. I feel like that's something that they need to get out there and shout a bit more. Yeah, I mean, I think they do that like a little bit on the big games where you know they try to cut deals with certain companies to get their to get their brand associated with those games. But I wonder mm-hmm. whether how much of that is because Sony also has those deals in place. Like Sony also has the Sony relationship. Sony known for it a lot more, yeah. Yeah, like Sony already has relationships with the likes of Activision for Call of Duty, for instance. So every single time a Call of Duty gets announced, the footage shown will be PlayStation uh, Pro or PlayStation 5 <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um, so then I guess they cannot have xbox come out and say well it plays better over here in their own adverts because maybe there's something yeah. in the contract that kind of goes against that i'm sure it's not as cut and dry but i imagine you know just from the 
like the sheer amount of backing they've thrown behind some games when it comes to world exclusive, best players best on the world's most powerful console mm-hmm. or whatever. If they could do that for every game, I think they would. I think there has to be something stopping them from doing it. Otherwise, yeah. they would just smash that a bit. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, I, I remember not taking that much notice of it, but obviously after we started like, you know, living and breathing the industry and we have to cover it for like a, a job and everything and realizing going back in time and, and uh, adverts and stuff and looking at trailers and realizing which who was at the end of each one of those trailers and um, who yeah. had paid the money to make sure that their box was at the end of it. Um, and like you said, like, oh, like we've said multiple times, like Sony have to try to make a big play of that, like trying to make sure that like the PlayStation icon is there. Call of Duty is, has PlayStation right next to it because um, they've paid for some map pack or whatever else. And I think that whole like optic side of it, I just, I feel like at the minute because um, they had that big stumble with Halo Infinite, I feel like they're struggling to make up the ground optically with at least like, you know, most gamers. I feel like they, most gamers think the PlayStation 5 is like flying ahead. And it's not that it's not, obviously the sales are there. But for me, the Series X is this incredible piece of kit. Like it is this, just this awesome system that does just do everything like you want and not sort of suffer weird crashes and bugs and freezing glitches and Joy-Con and and, um, (laughs) controller drift and everything else. Um, And I I think that they should get out there and be like, we're doing it right, guys. Like, hey, by the way, we might not have exclusives, but it's doing pretty well um, and show some stuff off like that. Um, Final thing, which I completely forgot about, is them showing off the Indiana Jones game and saying that it's a confirmed exclusive and giving more information on that. Um, Do you think that'll be like, yeah, I guess something to sort of run with is the fact that they're doing a new Indiana Jones game, or at least Bethesda are, um, but we don't know anything else about it yet. Yeah, I can't imagine we'll see much. I imagine that's like really early on in development, but the fact that it has been announced, mm. I feel like if you're going to do a Bethesda-centric um, show when this deal goes through, you're going to have to bring it up because like that's a huge deal. Like You've got machine games there. You've got them working on this IP. You've got Lucasfilm games back in the back in the saddle after so many years <laughs> yeah. um, vacant and stuff. And there are like a bunch of reports doing the rounds um, that have been, you know, circulating over the past few months that apparently um, Microsoft is looking for another Lucasfilm games IP to throw their money behind and get on their side as well. So yeah, I feel like if in terms of exclusivity, them having their own Indiana Jones game is kind of like what they tried to do with um, Lara Croft for a while, where it was like, oh, yeah. they've got Uncharted, I believe. Well, we've got Tomb Raider now for a bit. Now they can just say, look, we've got we've got Indiana Jones. He's our action adventure basis covered. Mm-hmm. How awesome is this? And everyone, everyone will go, woo, it is really awesome. I'm what about so... Xbox? I don't know if it's me. But I don't care about Indiana Jones, Josh Brown. I don't care about an ancient character who's not doing anything for how long? 30 years? Well, this could be the big comeback, Scott. You know, oh. it doesn't have to have done many things, but as long as he comes back now, listen, right? Go on. For as, for as much as we might not like it, we're in, we're in the complete era of IP domination, okay? It doesn't matter if anything's new. No one wants anything new. IP all free, anyone you might say. IP, yeah, they are. They, well, it doesn't even work if I said they <laughs> pee freely. They are like IP freely. That's, yes. that, I completely mangled your good joke there. I'm so sorry. But uh, like the whole <laughs> point, obviously, is that they care about IP. They care about franchises. They care about recognizable brands above mm. all else. So I think they're going to lean on Indiana Jones quite heavily, whether or not it's actually warranted over something 
original and cool because it's just it's bankable it'll get people talking and mm. if they do it well it's a cool thing to add to their library and their body of work you know yeah it, it makes you think that it is largely just me because i also don't think bond is that relevant anymore and then i look at the box mm. office sales and i'm like oh sweet lord it's it's not yep. i'm the opposite of the principal skinner like it is definitely me and the kids are right <laughs> or whatever that meme is and stuff like that i mean those those really i mean obviously bond's way more consistently updated than something like indiana jones but yeah that would be a massive get i mean like the fact that sony have managed to make spider-man a playstation character it's like there are very few sort of recognizable entities out there especially from film that they can sort of try and lock um lock down um indiana jones though for me doesn't tick anywhere close to the same box as spidey like even if like even though like ben roy's not a fan of spider-man he gets that spider-man's a big old deal but it's like yeah. do you think indiana, indiana jones being associated with xbox just is something that they would just run with well, I think I think they would because he's like this legacy brand, you know, it's mm. not as big or as current as something like, you know, Iron Man or Spider-Man or something like that. Mm-hmm. But that said, Disney, after so many years of, you know, pushback and obstacles, they're finally apparently going ahead on Indiana Jones 5. So if they can time it Sweet right, Lord. Indiana Jones might be coming back in a big way, man. Like, I don't know whether it's going to work, but they want, it, they want it to happen. Didn't Harrison Ford, like, break his leg just walking to set or something? Like, he sort of left his caravan he's... with a bit of a bit more vigor than usual, and he didn't make it all the way there. He, he does that quite a lot, I think. He's, it's, it's been between stuff like breaking his leg, crashes his plane quite a lot, which is right. unfortunate. But I think, he's, I think they finally got a script from the guy who directed Logan, actually. He's directed oh, James Spielberg's gone. James Mangold's in. Um, it seems like they're pushing ahead with it. Who knows what's going to happen with it? I, I will believe it when I see it on that front. I just, I can't, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know if it's just me. I don't know if it's because I've been embroiled in media for so long, like doggedly playing as much stuff as possible, watching as much stuff as possible, talking about as much stuff as possible. But I want new stuff, Josh Brown. I don't <laughs> want the future to be the past. I want new things. Even if it was a character that was, you know, get, get the dude, get George Lucas, I guess, or put or someone who did help you put the costume together or whatever and see what they would do as a new character. That would always be my fallback. Right. You're like from the creators of Indiana Jones. Um, but I guess we'll wait and see. People are going to freak out because it is a legacy character regardless. Um, and in terms of like, yeah, making up a big old showcase across March, they definitely have a lot to play um, to put together. Um, I just hope there's a, a Halo Infinite update. I hope they put some gameplay yeah. out. Um, they've got to do something. I mean, assumedly it's in the final stages of development now. We're only a few months away. Well, I guess we're most of the year away from it coming out, but it should be the final build. You would hope. I wonder, say, say if it's not coming out until the end of the year, I wonder if they wait until like E3 to show it because they don't want to show it too early again. They don't want to judge it. That's, that's a good point. I mean, they, they reckon they want E3 to happen. So <laughs> I guess all thinking is that it's going to happen. And Microsoft, mm. to be fair, when everyone else bowing out of E3, Microsoft was like, nah, we're going to stick with it. You know, we're, we're partners. We're going to be there through thick and thin. So I imagine if E3 goes ahead, even if everyone else bails, Microsoft will be there with a showcase. So maybe I think at that point, consider that E3, uh, the ASA were asking, or the ESA, whatever, whichever one it is, ASA, were asking for six figure sums to host at E3. Um, I think if most people say, well, we're all right, thanks, then I think Xbox will probably just do their own streaming thing and it'll be nearer that period anyway. Um, But yes, come find us on social media. Let us know what you think of uh, the idea of Xbox doing a showcase in March and what would they have to do to get you to buy an Xbox series system if you haven't got one already. Uh, For now, Ivan Scott Taylor, don't know what this is, joined by Josh Brown. (laughs) <laughs> Goodbye. You threw me off with the, with the full name there, Scott Telford. I wasn't totally ready done. for it. It's only Scott from what culture? And I'm like, that's not your name. No, no, no you are. Not in this Scott first name from middle name. What culture last name? That's your, <laughs> on your birth certificate, I'm afraid. Not going to lie. It's whatever comes to mind on a Monday afternoon at 3.31. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye-bye. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.